temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Way Ooh. off the mark on the right side, leaking out. Levine from Caruso, and the windmill right-handed slam dunk. Zach Levine eating some mile-high rim. Oh, I love hearing Chuck Swirsky. Great call. Of course, always the Bulls can be heard here on 670 The Score. Chuck Swirsky is actually going to be doing some overtime today. 10 p.m. to midnight. Are you are you producing that too, Sean? No, Baby T's on it. Who the hell is Baby T? <laughs> Tyler Fergal. I'm, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Bro, where is he over there? He's he just throwing out yeah. nicknames. Tyler, come, get on the microphone real quick. Get on the microphone real quick. You gave him the nickname Baby T. No. <laughs> you did. No. First, Tyler, did I, give you, did I give you that nickname Baby T? No, I did not. No. See, he got to teach Baby ta- T how to use the mic. We're doing a radio show over here. That's all right. The mic has to be on. Let him talk on yours, Sean. <laughs> You, there you gave go. me the nickname. Oh, I gave you the nickname you did. Baby T. Barely Remember? Did. It was one of the shows I ran for you like a couple weeks ago. First of all, Baby T is hard. <laughs> you came up with this nickname. Let's be very clear. Baby T is hard. You definitely did. I remember. It's hard. It's hard. That, that goes hard. Baby T. Like, the consensus is this is a your, Gabriel take your original. Hat, take your cuz hat, bang it to the side just a little bit. And then, <laughs> get some more baby T for real. Right, baby T for real. Yeah, right. All right, right. fine, fine. I was going to say, don't let them call you Little that, baby T. Push a baby T, something like that. Tyler over there. All right, I'll come up with a better one for you. My bad, my bad, bro. All right. Yelling at me about it. <laughs> no, I know. My bad, my bad. <laughs> who the hell is baby T? Like, who the hell is baby T? Oh, damn, I did that. My bad. My apologies. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a nickname generating machine. Um, but we will be talking to Groats in a little bit, Bergs, and getting a nice little update from the Advocate Center. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Anthony Heron, and we are broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. The NBA draft is about to kick off in a second. We got it on the screen right now. And uh, I was going to wait till after Victor Wembanyama got selected, uh, but we might as well just throw to him right now. So uh, Mark Grody, Alyssa Berger, Manny, what's up, guys? How you guys doing? What's happening, Yed? We are looking at the big screen out here, anticipating the first few picks in this NBA draft as we are out at the Advocate Center. As we discussed earlier, the Bulls, as of right now, do not have a pick in either the first or second round of the NBA draft. In other words, they don't have a pick in the NBA draft. A lot of us out here just playing the long game right now, being prepared for just about the possibility of anything. Arturis Karnaschovas, Mark Eversley, and Billy Donovan, who mingled with the media earlier, presumably have retreated to whatever war room setup they have out here at the Advocate Center. 
All right, so one thing here, Uh-oh. which is interesting. I love this. And, mm. and, and yeah, I know. <laughs> you guys are waiting for this here. And this is something that uh, Alyssa Bergamini loves. I know Gabe Ramirez loves this. Anthony Heron might yeah, in a sneaky way. We he might be sneaky we'll into gambling. We'll see. Got a little nugget here. Right. Sneaky gambling. Come on, you're, that, a, you're a hawk guy. you got to be into gambling, too. <laughs> all right, count me in then. Yeah. One hawk to another. We all know, and we're sitting here waiting right now, we all know that Victor Wembenyama will be the, the first pick in the draft. Well, there was a fella who put down four. It could have been a lady. It could have been, <laughs> been me. I like it. I like it, right? It's not me. It might have been Bergs. <laughs> it might have been Bergs. There was a, a person who put $400,000 down on Victor Wembenyama to be the first pick in the draft to win $2,000, Bergs. Would you guys do okay. that? Would you place that wager? No. I mean, it's free money. <laughs> like for does what, Does anybody though? have I knew Gabe was going to not say no. It's free money, but I wouldn't waste. For, I, if I had $400,000 to waste. you got to say the famous line that you say. Scared, scared money, money don't make don't no money. Make no money. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. All right, so help, help me out, though. So, <laughs> yes. like, could anybody just walk in there and say, I bet $4 million? Yeah. yeah. And then you make ten thousand dollars. But then, do you have to prove that you have that yes, level of that capital? A, a you don't. You don't prove. You 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 literally hand it over to them. They hold oh, your money. money. So right. you have to give them. So 400K. the person who bet four hundred grand they gave them, them four hundred. Here grand. is four hundred thousand dollars for right, you. Man. Let me get back four hundred two. That is not worth the effort. If you got four hundred grand to hand over at a window, it's not worth that level of effort for you to make two grand. <laughs> That's such a great point. Yeah, it's like not, you're just you, – you might have a problem in that case, right? Because you yeah. just like the feeling of winning. Even though you have $400,000, another $2,000 stimulates that part of your brain. So, hey. yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that, yeah that's a yeah. little bit of a problem <laughs> right there. We're not anticipating still at this moment, and we should get people up to date, that we, we things have stayed static, as in there are no real bulls rumblings right now in terms of getting into the draft. And then the other thing that Alyssa and I are focusing on, obviously, is any kind of trade talks, whether it's, you know, I'm talking big stuff like Zach Levine yeah. or DeMar DeRozan, which I'm sure you guys have been talking about as well, but they're just very quiet, and, and who knows what they've got up their sleeves, so. When I'm when I'm looking at this uh, the situation, I you know guys know Alyssa Groats. I love body language. It's something that I pay attention to closely, probably too yeah. much actually. Have you guys noticed anything like off centered from a Mark Eversley or an AK? Where you where, well, or, or or do they seem just too calm, like and defeated, like they know nothing's gonna happen? Are they nodding off? Are they yeah, sitting at a table yeah. and somebody's eyes are like slowly getting heavy because they know they're not gonna do a damn thing tonight? Well, they're not down here anymore, but I did tweet out that picture of Arturis talking to the media, mm-hmm. and now everyone is responding, saying, ah, the Bulls aren't doing anything. He doesn't have his phone out. <laughs> he's just engaging with the reporters. I mean, people are really looking into this one photo I took, so that is the power here of social media. Um, David Haw actually just tweeted the picture and zoomed Hall? in. <laughs> See, we all love and it. it is, and he's studying his body language as well. So, uh, Gabe, I like where your head is at studying the body language, but yeah. 
I don't know. I didn't take a class in college to study that, so yeah. maybe I'll have to get into that. You wanna- uh, I've had it with Gabe and his body. Like, well, I host with him, and, I, and if I fold my arms, he's like, oh, Grody, you're, you're feeling insecure on? over there. I'm going to call you Shady Grody for trying to come at me right now. <laughs> oh, no. it is. Call him Baby it G. Is baby yeah. Groats. Yeah. Baby, baby Groats. Right. Uh, yeah. but, but I will G say this. Pay attention to his feet next time you guys see him, okay? Um, if, he's a, if he's engaged in a conversation and either of his feet are pointed towards the exit, that means oh, that there's there yeah. is one. His mm. left was pointed towards the exit. And that's listen. Ooh. Hey guys, you can mock me if you want to. <laughs> I'm not but mocking stuff you. Is, I'm this, here I for definitely it. will. I was talking to Grody. I was talking to Grody and Sean, the two shadiest. How <laughs> <laughs> did I don't know, get the shady moniker? Because <laughs> I felt attacked right there. Right, <laughs> that's attacked. Right. That's, you know how we do. I know. You know? That's why we're. That's why we do this. <laughs> exactly. It's fun. Right. Exactly. But well, okay. So so we've seen body language from the AK. We've seen everything. What about everybody else that's around? Like you know. The other rest of the staff that's over there, do they look like engaged or are they more concerned with handling the media? Everyone, I think, is catching up and just talking amongst one another. Mm. Um, You know, it's June. The last time all the Bulls beat reporters saw each other was, you know, mid-April. So right now, I would just say, as as Mark mentioned, just just steady vibes. Um, Caffeinated over here. Yeah. (laughs) It it does feel like, like people do have that look of playing the long game. I'm looking at Casey Johnson, regular contributor here on the score, mm. who will be on with Molly and Hall. He's just, he's just hanging out, got a cup of coffee in his hand, talking to one of the PR people, very casual. I'm looking uh, at a Chuck Swirsky and, and Cheryl Ray okay. having a meal together. I'm if Chuck at a, is still there, yeah. that means there's yes. a chance something big's going to happen. Like when Chuck leaves, it's kind of like oh, an Chuck Elvis has left the building. The Bulls, Paul. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, you work right next to Chuck for I most think, of the games last year. I think Chuck year. might sleep here at the United Center. He just knows. <laughs> he has to do a show tonight, ten o'clock <laughs> at the station. I hope he doesn't sleep. Yeah, he does. Have... No, he's just been bouncing around. He's been. Yeah. He came over here, hung out with us for a while. He was talking to Sam Smith, oh, Gabe. That's our Victor. guy. I love Sam yeah. Smith. Oh, there it is. The pick okay. has been made. Victor Wembenyama. Going so to that, the San Antonio that Spurs. Better has now won his um, his money's worth. Easiest Berks, two grand ever. Burgs, is this something you expected? Webinyama to the Spurs. Your reaction. Your reaction. <laughs> Didn't see it coming. I thought he was coming to the Bulls. Somebody just won two thousand dollars. Victor Webinyama. Yeah. No a good point. way. Congratulations. Let's be respectful here for yeah. the four hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Congratulations to that billionaire who wagered four grand to win two grand. Congratulations hey, on your two grand. Victor was um, at the. So I covered the Bulls when they played in Paris, as I didn't talk about enough uh, this year. Uh, but Victor was at that game. Petty. He is, you know. From from France, that is his hometown. So even just the hype around him then was something special. He is this 19-year-old. So I can only imagine just what he's been going through, you know, today, um, just throughout, you know, his young career. And it's going to be exciting to to watch him just succeed. And it's great to see, you know, right now he's getting he's getting picked and we'll be watching him. <laughs> I love it. Okay. <laughs> Didn't understand what that actually was, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah, so, it's pretty scary when a, guy, when a guy is considered a better form of Kevin Durant than yeah, Kevin Durant. Right. So I really, I mean, you do look at when he threw out that first pitch at Yankee Stadium and you saw his legs, I was like, whoa, his so small. His hand around small. the baseball? Yeah, well, his hand around the baseball, but his legs are skinny, like just a rail. So, I mean, it, it does jump out at you, but he's uh, he's going to be good. Well, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good one, and I know Alyssa's excited to uh, see him live and in action um, when he comes to the United Center. Mark Absolutely. Grody, Alyssa Bergamini, appreciate you guys uh, giving us that update. Look forward to talking to you again shortly.
Yep. All right. See Talk you guys. Soon. Bye. Of course, uh, broadcasting live from the Advocate Center, Mark Grody, Alyssa Bergamini doing a fantastic job. And, you know, Alyssa's right. You know, covering the team in France, you get to see what the hype is like over there. You know, Victor Wembanyama, seven three, seven four, depending on what shoes he's wearing, two thirty. That's a little more weight than you would mm-hmm. think most people would have in that uh, position. But drafted by the San Antonio Spurs, ESPN's giving him an extra inch, six foot five, seven five, seven foot five. Yeah, yeah, Actually, seven foot yeah. five. GC. I mean, when you just like when Grody was saying, you know, the the comp as far as his style of play is KD, and he's he's KD, but uh, but a half a foot taller than Kevin right. Durant. And so when you compare their their style of play is one thing, but then when you recognize how much bigger he is than KD, that's a part of what we were talking about earlier, just the level of prospect that he is. He's got the ability to distribute. He's a more than willing shot blocker as well. And he he can cover so much ground. It's like he'll he'll shoot a running three-pointer on the move, and if it misses, he can go tip dunk the three-pointer that that he missed with one hand. I mean – you know, just his game and the variety of ways he can imp- affect the game, impact the game. He's got the handle, you know, going with the the Jordan, you know, at the garden, crossover through his legs over and over again with the little scissor dribble. I mean, he's he seems like the type of prospect that's going to be very difficult for anyone to try to handle at the next level. So, yes, I mean, the, the physical maturity isn't there yet, but it, it shouldn't be there. But I, I do think we have examples of players where, you know, Chuck Holmgren, he's still really early in his career. Yeah, lower True. body injury, but – I think on the whole, you, you see Kevin Durant, the way KD has held up pretty well throughout his entire career with a really similar frame and a really similar game. We, we don't expect that Wembenyama is going to be in the post trying to bang with anybody. Right. So the level of dura- durability won't necessarily be tested in the same way that it would if he were a you know true center of 25 years ago or something like that. The NBA shapes up in a way that you know, I, I would imagine he'll be fine uh, just from a, a durability perspective yeah. because of his style of play. And he's going to be dunking on people because he's just lengthy, yeah. right? So, I mean, if yeah. he does get to the cup, put, hit you with a pump fake three and, and drive to the lane, he, there's going to be instances where, again, it's not the NBA of old where he's going to be mm. able to dunk and he's going to end up dunking on people. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the comparison with KD, the biggest difference I think about, and, and I'm sure you were watching KD like I was mm-hmm. when he was at Texas for that one, that, that, uh-huh. lo- that lone year. Yeah. He was like a pull-up three machine. Right. If there was right. one, like if you were looking at highlights of Kevin Durant coming out of college at Texas, that was his thing. It wasn't necessarily like a drive right by you mm-hmm. and get to the cup. It was splash threes from anywhere because the guy could shoot lights out. And I think that that is the one thing that Pop got to work on with, with Victor is a jump shot, right? Not mm-hmm. He could smack a three because he's mm-hmm. big, but the ability to, you know, off the dribble, jump in the air so that, like Dirk, your seven-foot jump shot becomes an eight-foot jump shot mm-hmm. because of how high you're getting in the air, and that's something that um, they're going to see. But I, I, I hope he's not a bust. I'll tell you that. I, I would hate for it to be because, like I said, the NBA is a better place uh, when there are stars like Victor Wembanyama and with aging s- superstars like LeBron and Steph You know, in the twilight of their careers. There, there needs to be somebody new, and you can't depend on guys like Zion or John Morant to mm-hmm. be those guys that can be at the forefront of the league. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see that uh, nonetheless. I think it really it, there's there's a, a full circle kind of element to it also because you think of how you know, how the Spurs were when when they were winning their NBA championships and you had a star who who came into the league 
um, you know, kind of ready for primetime. Now, you know, the Admiral was already there. David Robinson was already there when Tim Duncan showed up. And then Tim Duncan took the franchise to another level and led them to several NBA championships. And where, you know, I kind of had the Denver to San Antonio comp where I feel like the Nuggets may be in the midst of trying to put like a Spurs type thing together. Right. You know, it's kind of, you know, somewhat smaller market and a, a city that's been kind of, you know, starved for that level of champion, and now they finally got it, and a star who it feels like folks can revolve around, but not a big personality. And I would say, from a you know, from a modern perspective, maybe Wemby can bring you know some of that back to the Spurs as well. Now he's operated in Paris, and I mean, you know, it's one thing to think of New York, Chicago, L.A., and they're showing on TV with Wembyama crying now that he's finally been selected. Soft. I, mean, I think no, that's an image of uh, a guy who knew that this was going to be the news. For, for weeks, for months, for years, really, at this point. He's known he is the guy when his time came to enter the NBA where he was likely to be the number one pick, and yet and still, there it is. And one thing interesting here, they're showing on TV that Brandon, Brandon Miller on the phone. is the guy on the phone <laughs> and not Scoot wow. Henderson. All right. Well, uh, Adam Silver's going to make his pick, and we will discuss uh, the second pick in the draft on the other side. It's the NBA draft special. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink think what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports that clock at four donchich the step back three you bet music you said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. I actually don't think LeBron is, you know, the go to basketball. I think my go to basketball is Paul George. You know, I always grew up watching him, so it's never just LeBron. That was the number two pick in the NBA draft. Brandon Miller talking about his GOAT, his greatest of all time. He was asked if it was LeBron James. Said, no, Paul George. 
Yeah, he's a weirdo. In my in my group chat, somebody was like, "Well, he just dropped to the 17th pick in the, <laughs> in the NBA draft." You can't say things like that. Uh, Portland's pick is in right now as Adam Silver has made his way to the podium to make the selection. And there's no trades. We know that. It's, it's, but we do know that it is Scoot Henderson, as it should have been. I, I'm laying claim to the fact that Scoot Henderson is going to be a better NBA player than, okay. than Brandon Miller. All right. That's just, All you know, right. you can't, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not crazy talk. That, not. that is nothing crazy about that at all. You know, both have immense ability. Now, you know, with Miller, like I was saying earlier, we've seen him do it on on a major stage in the SEC, SEC tournament MVP. Yeah. We've seen him doing the NCAA tournament. Now, that's not the end-all, be-all, but we just haven't we haven't had to watch Scoot Henderson perform in leveraged situations like that before. So is there any reason to think he can't do it or he won't do it? No. But to me, it, it means something to at least watch someone shine in that moment. All of us who grew up Bulls fans in the 90s and know what happened with MJ and how he was Mr. Clutch throughout his entire career, yeah. we think back to that time he was at North Carolina and hitting the shot as a freshman. Those things end up adding up. Those are all like little data points along the way where you know you, you can at least tell how someone responds to crunch time, how someone responds to both physical, mental, emotional pressure, hostile environments. And, you know, in Brandon Miller's case, uh, some of that additional hostility even brought upon himself. I think back a bit to Cam Newton's Auburn career and all the controversy that, that surrounded that time you know, closing out his Heisman campaign and, you know, his dad and whatever, you know, infractions were there with the NCAA and a lot of folks thinking that Cam shouldn't have been allowed to play and everything else. And he continues his Heisman campaign and makes that happen in the midst of all that extra scrutiny. And then we see him get to the NFL, have no offseason going into his rookie year because the lockout was going on. And then he sets passing records and goes on to win an MVP later in his career and has a, you know, pretty marvelous career in Carolina. Brandon Miller, on his way to Carolina as well, but just, you know, a, a different type of scrutiny that he brought on himself because of, you know, and I was talking about that John Morant comparison earlier. I was wondering is, and the crazy thing is, man, the Hornets were still, because Michael Jordan hasn't officially sold the team right. yet, so the pick was still on MJ basically. So Michael Jordan decided he, you know, co-signed going ahead and picking Brandon Miller, but, you know, everyone has seen what John Morant has put himself through, has put his organization through, has been through here in recent weeks and months, and apparently uh, Charlotte wasn't scared off of Brandon Miller based off of you know another young star who has now already been in the league for a few years showing a lot of that off-court immaturity, bad decision-making, yeah. surrounding himself with, uh, you know, with, with bad decision-makers. You can make a lot of those same comparisons with Brandon Miller. Yeah, Brandon Miller, I mean, obviously one of the best players in college basketball last season. I mean, I know Zach Eady from Purdue took home that honor. But Brandon Miller, you know, nothing short of amazing. So clearly they did their due diligence. Scoot Henderson, you know, just an, an incredible stat. I love the fact that when they asked him about Victor Wembanyama and playing, you know, with him, he was like, well, it's pretty cool to be on the court with me too. Ah. You know? And in that game against Victor Wembanyama, Scoot Henderson put up 28 points, nine assists. Okay. Uh, and that was against, you know, the Metropolitans, those guys <laughs> over there. Uh, but but again, he, he was selected. Wemby and the boys. Wemby and the guys. Wemby and the guys. <laughs> But he's ready. You know what, though? Talk to me, Ant, about chip on your shoulder. Mm. I mean, because, you know, it's something that's said often. And, you know, people can you can use it as fuel. Mm. But, you know, a guy like Scoot who felt like, man, I think I'm better than Wemby. I think I'm better than Brandon Miller. And here I am going number three. Are you, are you, are you 
do you have like these thoughts where you're saying to yourself, well, those guys, you know, they did that, so therefore three should be good enough? Or do you think like a chip will still exist on the shoulder of a guy like Scoot Henderson being selected third uh, and and then playing on a team where they're probably going to move the superstar? I think that part of that will end up depending on what his role is when he gets to Portland because okay. if he is there with Dame and you, you have that, you know, one of the all-time greats who you can kind of, you know, learn under, you know, Scoot's game is different than, than Dame's game. But that being said, you still have someone of a similar, you know, physical stature, yeah. one of the best in the business. It didn't work out with C.J. McCollum right. when he was there. And so yeah. you're bringing in a similar type player. So I know the Portland Trailblazers understand they have to take a different approach. Yeah. And, you know, to be able to step in and say that you are not necessarily the guy, are you, you know, is Scoot Henderson going to be someone who's kind of deferential to Dame in that way and says, I'm comfortable playing number two and I'll kind of follow your lead? Or does he step in and say that I'm I'm preparing to take this stage right away and not necessarily in an adversarial way to Damian Lillard, but there's approaches that, that he can take where necessarily having a chip on his shoulder can mean he is trying to prove something from day one. It can come off as, as in a way that, you know, maybe it's off-putting to Dame and perhaps even other veterans on the team. So I think a little bit of that, will just depend on the situation he's going into. Is Damian Lillard still there? And if Damian Lillard still is there, then how does that end up impacting what their working relationship is going to be? Yeah, and there's been a lot of uh, pieces that have been moving in the NBA um, in the past week. Of course, Chris Paul making his way from the Phoenix Suns to the Wizards and then now being traded to the Warriors for Jordan Poole and some future draft picks. We've seen the Celtics acquire Chris Porzingis in a three-way trade that sent Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies. That was interesting. Um, and you've seen some some high-caliber uh, NBA players opt out of their contracts uh, to give themselves an opportunity for a long-term deal, including guys like Chris Middleton, Draymond Green, uh, and even Derek Jones Jr. from the Chicago Bulls. Um, but that's what we got to be uh, looking at closely. Uh, what are these going to? What are these moves going to look like? And can the Bulls find themselves in a position uh, where they can sneak not only into the draft, but sneak their way into a space that they can they can benefit the team by also trying to put themselves in a better position for the future. And I think that's the most difficult part right now. Do you feel like there's additional pressure for, for AK and Eversley to re-sign Vooch? Because Nikola Vucevic is really the main reason the Bulls have no action tonight, at least at the moment. You know, So I wonder if they're viewing the, the potential re-signing of Vooch through a purely analytical lens and just saying whether or not Nikola Vucevic continuing in, in a Bulls career is what suits the franchise best moving forward, or if they're in a position where, you know, they feel like, you know what, we we extended draft capital to get them in here. That was our first big move yeah. in coming in here to run operations for the Bulls. And so if they almost feel like a you know, a necessity to make that work, because it certainly, you know, I don't know what metric you can view through to say it's worked so far aside from, yeah, you've gotten some productivity, but you haven't won anything with Vooch. Right. And now you also don't have draft capital because you brought Vooch in. So I wonder if they feel additional pressure just to try and continue to extend that out and do the whole pot committed thing with Vooch. Do you think they view it that way or do they view it through a more analytical lens where they say, you know what, it's not about that. If we feel like we need to cut bait with Vooch, we'll do it and kind of, you know, not necessarily worry about feeling like we're going to view that as a mistake moving forward. Yeah, I think it is the latter. And I think that the Chicago Bulls see value in Vooch. And when you're looking at what the Bulls gave up, I know the narrative is, oh, they don't have a draft pick. Oh, they didn't have this stuff. Oh, this Vooch is a terrible trade. Like, let's let's live in this space. I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second. And, and it is because, okay, 
Wendell Carter Jr., Franz Wagner, and the whatever thirteenth pick in the draft this year does not then if you if you were to remove Vooch mm-hmm. does not all of a sudden make the Bulls like a fifth seeded team. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what everybody keeps like when, when people are talking. Oh, it's, oh, it's Vooch's fault. This is a bad trade. Like the alternative is not some world where the Bulls are now a top three team in the Eastern Conference. So when you're looking at, you know, the the two different paths that you could have gone down, people speak as if not trading Vooch would have then landed the Bulls in some superior space. Hmm. No. what The position that you're in is you have the fifth best rebounder in the NBA. That's where you're in right now. And with an opportunity to sign him to a friendly deal, three years, 60-some million dollars, that sounds right for the fifth best rebounder in the National Basketball League because when you look at who is in front of him, and these are the four names. Rudy Gobert, the Joker, Giannis, and DeMontis Sabonis, who was killing us, every, or killing the Bulls <laughs> in Indiana and went out to Sacramento. Those are your four guys that are in front of him. Below him, Clint Capella, Jonas Valanciunas, Joel Embiid, Julius Randle, DeAndre Ayton. If you didn't have Vooch, you'd be clamoring for a guy like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I, it frustrates me when I hear that. You talk about getting younger and what you need. and re- Then build a roster around that. Mm-hmm. You have a guy who is a top talent in the NBA. How many double-doubles did he have? Uh, playing 82 games. Okay, granted, his three-point shooting is not what you want, you'd want him to be. Okay, he's not blocking shots like Victor Wembanyama is going to be doing. <laughs> but he does things exceptionally well. And I don't understand why if you have a Zach and a Vooch, and then you find the piece, the places where you lack, and then you fill it in. That's what AK is tasked with right now. And I think people just assume like, oh, he's an idiot, or he doesn't know. You know, he he put himself in this predicament. Well, he didn't. He thought he had Lonzo Ball, and now he had to adjust on the fly. But you can't expect him. Like to your back to your question, mm-hmm. um, wh- whether they feel pressure or not. No, I don't think they feel pressure because I think he's a super talented player in the NBA. <laughs> and I think we 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 just look at it and it's like, oh, Bulls aren't in third place. Oh, they're not as good as the Boston Celtics or the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, AK, you did a terrible job. The he, way. Go ahead, please, because I'm the, too hot the way, right now. Nah, you're, you're good, because the, the way that the rest of the Eastern Conference is starting to, to kind of shake out a little bit here, too, where you see Boston trying to be different. Are they definitively going to be better? I don't know. Frankly, I'm not sure they know. You move on from Marcus Smart, you bring in Chris Stops. Does that make you better? I don't think it, it hands down makes them better. It makes them a little bit different, though, as they try to you know find that way to break through in the East. We don't know exactly. You know, we know Embiid will be back in Philadelphia, but what exactly the 76ers going to look like? You know, the the Knicks as as they kind of continue on here with with Tibbs, then it feels like you know Tibbs kind of wears on folks after a little while. So I think the East is 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 kind of in a way where the Bulls, AK, need to continue evaluating not only you know, what things will look like for this one particular season in-house. But how will the rest of the East kind of shake out here? And, and what do they need to do to try and put themselves in position to compete in an East that that feels like it's kind of open? You know, obviously Milwaukee, as long as you got, you know, as long as Giannis. you got Giannis, then you're going to yeah. be in great shape in Milwaukee. But top to bottom in the East, there's a lot of teams kind of vying for very similar spots and not yeah. being completely certain what the future holds for them. And so where the Bulls, from a financial perspective and a personnel perspective, are kind of tied to a lot of different folks, and they're right there up against the cap. And we know Jerry Reinsdorf ain't going to want to mess around with the luxury tax very much, so that that kind of you know binds them up a little bit even more. But on the whole, 
they could be in a situation where they find, you know, maybe just a, a minute move here or there. And, you know, obviously, you know, not having Lonzo and not being able to assume any kind of health with him is, is what makes things that much more difficult because they're now going to go into season three, it yeah. would appear, of at least having some level of, of you know, just a, a tenuous situation based off of the health of Lonzo Ball, the lack of health, really, of Lonzo Ball. And can you really go out and get a true, you know, a new point guard to over, to take things over for him? It doesn't feel like you can because of the financial constraints that you still are tied to him for now until you can get some kind of relief and move on. What are those minute moves for the Chicago Bulls? Well, fortunately, we get to talk to Andy Katz from NBA TV. Uh, he has been covering this NBA draft at length for the, for the, uh, for the station, and we get an opportunity to talk to him. He actually agrees with me. Thinks highly of Scoot Henderson. Uh, we get to talk to Andy after the break about Scoot, the NBA draft, and the predicament that the Chicago Bulls find themselves in. Andy Katz joins the show after the break. It's the NBA draft special with Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, right here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. With the first pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the San Antonio Spurs select... Victor Wembanyama from Nantar, France. NBA Draft special right here on 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. We'll be hearing from Mark Grody and Alyssa Bergamini at the top of the hour. Let's go back out to the Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. To talk to one of the busiest men in the industry as a digital reporter and analyst for the NCAA for March Madness, NCAA.com, Turner Sports, and one of my guys from the Big Ten Network. He is Andy Katz on Twitter at TheAndyKatz. You can check him out on NBA TV all throughout the night tonight covering the NBA draft. Andy, how you doing this evening, man? Uh, good. We're off and running here. We had a three-hour pregame show, and now we'll be uh, right after the first round. <laughs> Turn over to NBA TV and check us out. So, no shock, obviously, Wimby goes pick number one. Now, there was a lot of conjecture here in recent days whether or not Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson were going to come off the board at number two. Were you surprised it ended up being Miller? No, I mean, that's where things have been trending. But, um, you know, I, 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 we, we had a lot of discussion about this. I kind of felt like, uh, you know, the better pick or better player ultimately will be uh, Scoot Henderson, but maybe the better fit ultimately is uh, Brandon Miller for the you know for this time. So you know I mean we'll see how it all plays out. We kind of knew they were going two three in some order, so it's not a total shocker in that regard. Andy, uh, you know I look at this Bulls team without a pick in the first and second round, but I also understand their needs, and that comes in the form of three point shooting. And, you know, point guard helps, someone that can be a facilitator, maybe hit a three when necessary. When we're looking at guys that are sitting in that 60 to 75 window, are there any names that stand out that are maybe specialists in, in those particular fields? Oh, wow. I mean, the, the, I, 
I think they're going to, you know, there's still plenty of second round talent um, and undrafted talent that, you know, clearly are, are going to make it. I mean, we've seen that uh, in the playoffs. I mean, what, there were four on the Heat, uh, you know, Struess and Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, and, you know, Derek Walker at the, uh, Derek White, excuse me, at um, with Boston. So, those are undrafted players. You know, second-round players, obviously the best of all time is Jokic. So, I mean, they're going to get someone who potentially could help them. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, as we've seen over the years, the draft is dominated by um, potential high up in the draft. And then you get guys that really can contribute more uh, immediately in the, in the late first into the second. And Andy, one of the the late risers in the pre-draft process uh, process as of lately has been Kobe Bufkin out of Michigan. What, what has it been here over the last few months where Bufkin has been a guy that's been really rising up in, in the way that people view his potential? Yeah, I mean, you know, as you know, Anthony, with us covering the in the Big Ten, um, you know, the, he was a player that got a little overshadowed at times because Michigan was struggling. Um, but you know, he scored well in the game against Indiana, Illinois, um, even though he lost those games against Toledo in the NIT. Uh, he, he is definitely, I think, one of those players that's going to end up going in the sometime in, in the mid-late lottery who could end up being one of the best players in this draft. Wow, that's a bold statement right yeah. there. I like hearing things like that. I said one of the best. Not oh, the best. my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, Andy, my bad. I got ahead of myself right we know, there. We know who's going to be the best. <laughs> that, that we do. And, and you know what? We do know that, you know, Scoot going to Portland uh, says a lot about that organization. And, you know, Ann and I were talking about it a second ago where, you know, we saw what that looked like when Dame was paired up with a C.J. McCollum-type player. And, and Scoot somewhat fits that mold in another smaller guard. Do you see them moving on from Dame? Or, or do you see them pairing those two and bringing in – a vet to try to help them complete the squad. Well, Brennan, uh, hey, when our, you know, he was saying on our air tonight, I mean, they got he's either going to stop complaining or say, I'm here to stay no matter what. I mean, that has to be the decision here coming up because, um, you know, there's still a ways away from competing at the highest level. And, you know, so they got to make a decision in that regard. And before we let you run, Andy, I, just to speak to Wimby for a moment here, I made the point earlier, it seems to me like there's almost a deference and a respect that some of the veterans around the NBA are paying to him, almost like an homage, just with the level of prospect that he is. I, I didn't necessarily hear this when Zion was coming out, didn't necessarily hear it when LeBron was coming out. Is, is there, are they just like, is there a wow factor to women Yama that goes beyond what we're accustomed to seeing, you know, the pros and the vets pay? Yeah, but I think we're also in a different era. I mean, it's 20 years ago from LeBron. Um, and he was probably the last player that was hyped to this degree, and obviously he turned out. Um, you know, I would say maybe a few years um, – well, that was 03. The year before, actually, was 02, uh, when Yao Ming came in, and there was a lot of hype with Yao Ming, but not to the same extent because he was coming from China and they didn't have as much media coverage. Um, but I would say in the 20 years from LeBron to Wimanyama, um, I don't think there's been another player that's been – hype to this degree where teams have been desperate to get him. I mean, Zion Williamson had a lot of hype, but not like this. Andy, outstanding stuff, man. Really appreciate you taking the time away from the set on NBA TV. All right, thanks, guys. Andy Katz, man, make sure you go follow. That's so cool. You can go 
you're pulling in your house right now in your garage. You go on <laughs> NBA TV and just right. watch the guy we were just talking to right there. That's that's awesome stuff. I I love what he says. You know, I love that he said that there is talent available for the Chicago Bulls, whether that be in the second round or talent that's going to exist outside of the draft when talking about specialists, mm. three-point shooters, or a point guard that can help your team. You know, because, you know, you still got Carleek Jones, mm-hmm. the G League MVP, averaged almost 30 points a game. So if you're looking for scoring, he brings that. You got Kobe White, who you saw – you know, take his game to the next level in the latter half of the season last year, uh, who is capable of being a knockdown three-point shooter, uh, while at the same time still learning that point guard role from a lot of the point guards that he's dealt with. He's seen examples from Pat Bev, Thomas Sadoransky, uh, even Goran Dragic, and Lonzo Ball. So he's hopefully he's been able to take, you know, that. You got Io there. So if you do bring in a point guard, it's almost like, and then you have Dalen Terry, who essentially is a six, like six something point guard, right. even though he's a big dude. So he's he's a, he's a project still. So I guess when I when I try to think about who the Bulls are going to be looking looking at and what mm-hmm. what does that look like for them, you know, I look at, at Orlando right now. Right, they just made they just made their pick, um, and I, I I look at I look at their team and they're. There's a there's a there's a squad full of guys like that, full of guys that that look like you know these people. So it's 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 it's, it's frustrating because you have no idea what direction the Bulls are going to go in. Anthony Black for the Orlando Magic, he could be five of those guys that are on that team. <laughs> so I don't want the Bulls to put themselves in that same predicament, but you're almost forced to because you're not going to find anyone that's just clearly better than the rest. And I would say that from a specialist perspective, the Bulls definitively need more perimeter shooting now. Can you develop more of that from within your own roster here if if Patrick Williams continues to develop, if he becomes a bigger cog within this offense more consistently? Because we did see that he became a pretty effective three-point shooter when he got the opportunity to shoot. He's not shooting with volume yet in the majority of the games that he plays in. So do you wait until Patrick Williams goes somewhere else and now he's developed somewhere else by a different team? And now it's like, oh, look, he's averaging almost 20 points a game and he's hitting 40% from three and he's just doing it elsewhere. Or do you force feed that this coming season and whether it's because DeMar isn't here anymore or whether it's because you say, Billy Donovan, you have to make this happen. We have to know what we have in this prospect. Now, I was one of the ones kind of telling folks, pump your brakes a little bit. You know, he got a like a COVID season as a rookie, and then he had this super abbreviated season in year two. So the development is being slowed by that after coming off the bench for one season at Florida State. But we're at the time now where he has got a full season under his belt. He came into the league fairly physically developed, but his game was undeveloped. So now is this coming season the year where Billy Donovan has to force feed Patrick Williams more opportunities in the lineup? Part of that is going to be whether or not you still have all this same core around them because I think that can just be difficult for a guy who's accustomed to looking up to DeMar, looking up to Zach, making sure Vooch is going to get his touches as well. And then in the midst of all that, you're still like, all right, who's going to play? Is it Kobe's turn? Or, you know, all right, who's going to be here? Well, Io's had a hot streak for the last few games. I guess Io's got to get his. Uh, And you're just kind of in the midst of everybody else trying to figure out what their place is in the NBA when everybody really looks at Pat Will and says, you know what? You're the one most physically gifted out of anybody here. And that's where Billy Donovan and AK, all the – the times they call him into the office, they got to meet with him. And when it's on the court, Billy Donovan has to make sure 
And it might be announcing it to everyone, just like there were points in the season, I'm probably talking to you about it at points, where he's got to point to Vooch and say, you know what, we're running the offense through yes. him because the offense is best when it's run through him. Yes. Same thing when Patrick Williams is out there. Guys, we're coming out of this timeout. I know, DeMar, I know you're cooking right now. Zach, I just saw you dunk on somebody. But we're running a play for him because Patrick Williams is not involved in the game plan enough right now. That's where, to me, you know, all the stuff where Billy Donovan's talking in the media after games, it sounds great. He can explain what he saw just as well as anyone, but he has got to implement it. And this is going to be a huge season for him in actually implementing some of the developmental pieces that are necessary for a roster that's just not in a position right now to add a lot of newness to it. And that's exactly what we've been trying to see what's going to be happening, right? Cody Westerland talked about it. You know, guys like Pat Will, Dalen Terry on the West Coast with DeMar DeRozan trying to put in the work and I mean, I think everyone, including the fans, the front office of the Chicago Bulls, they want growth and development from their players as well. And it'll be interesting to see uh, what that looks like. Uh, breaking news. So we actually, I was just talking about this kid a second ago. They traded Debo? No, I wish. Oh, okay. I wish. Oh, I, I wish. shouldn't say that, but I wish. That was harsh. <laughs> the quiet part out loud. Damn, the game. that was crazy. Um, <laughs> no, I said that I said that Victor Wembanyama. Mm-hmm. I said it was Victor Wembanyama and the boys, and I said, but their point guard was a killer. Yeah, right. Just got drafted number seven uh, by the Indiana okay. Pacers. All right. Then the Indiana Pacers traded Bilal. Uh, man. who they trade? Bilal. <laughs> I, I ain't even talking about you. Yeah, Shut I ain't up. Even talking about you. Shut up. Uh, they traded him to the Washington Wizards, though. Okay. All right. What's funny is my guy Dan Carpuck from BetQL. I follow him on Twitter. He's the tweet that I saw. And all he wrote was, Bilal and the trade. Wow. <laughs> he didn't say his last name either. So uh, I'm sure we'll be able to say it plenty as we watch him play in the season. Uh, but there's more picks to come. Uh, Washington Wizards sitting at number eight. Utah after that. Dallas Mavericks sitting at 10. And then, of course, we get to see who the Orlando Magic are going to take with the Bulls pick at number 11. And we can just, you know, have buyer's remorse in that moment. But we'll do that <laughs> on the other side. We'll also get an update from the Advocate Center. Mark Grody, Alyssa Bergamini, join us and tell us what is AK's body language saying now. We'll talk to them after this. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Anthony Aaron. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.